Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to We Are SC. This is Eric McKinney along with Scott Schrader. And we've got early signing day for the 2022 class coming up on Wednesday. Uh, and... Scott, I don't know about you. This is the first kind of USC signing day. It feels like in a long time. I'm sure it's not actually in a long time. It feels like forever where you're going into signing day with kind of, you know, some some butterflies a little bit in how this could go for USC in that you could hear their, that name a lot for some big time players on Wednesday. Again, feel, feels like it's been a while. Well, I mean, it really, it's at least been a while until, you know, you, you've gone through the process like we're used to, where, where kids are visiting late in the recruiting process on campus. You get that buzz going. Um, so, you know, it does feel, you know, I, I hadn't even thought of that, but it does feel, even though we did have signing day a year ago, it was, it was nothing like this. And even, even it was the second signing day where most of the action happened for USC anyway. But yeah, you know, USC, it is setting up right now for, for USC to uh, potentially have all things considered, and maybe I don't even have to add that part, the all things considered part, but, you know, it, it could be a really, really, really fun day for USC fans. And I think part of it is that, right? You, you do look at the 2021 class, and, and there were a bunch of guys. The lull of this year, like the, the toll that the season took uh, on just kind of covering the team and, and day in and day out and, and dealing with kind of everything that comes along with a four and eight season, um, I guess before we go in, we're going to go kind of position by position, but your sense when Lincoln Riley gets hired, uh, what, what did that do to recruiting just in the, in the absolute immediacy? Because it, it was something where he needed to come in and right away kind of light this thing up a little bit and, and put together a big push to signing day. Yeah. You know, I, I think we saw the immediate impact, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, from, from Austin Powers, let allow myself to introduce myself. But I think we saw the immediate impact immediately when when Lincoln Riley visited Ray Leak Brown. You know, the basically what the day after the day of his announcement. But you know, when we went to the announcement to Coliseum, I think right after that he went to Ray Leak's house, and a commitment came from him. You know, I think the in-home visit was Cyrus Moss that leading to an in-home visit because USC had no shot at all with, with Cyrus Moss. Um, and you know, so there, there were other guys that came and visited late. You know, I don't know if you look at the impact of Lincoln Riley, Riley's hiring on, from a USC perspective on getting a Marvin Jones to come out and visit USC. I think that's a Lincoln Riley and actually more of, of, of a Jamar Kane deal. I'm told that you know, this is something that USC fans should be on the lookout for with, with, with Coach Kane because I'm told. He is just like a Dante Williams, and uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to go out and get USC some big time elite guys. So I think you know we, we saw we saw the impact immediately. Interest, you know, guys that were on the fence, surprisingly on the fence, you know, like Zion Branch. You know, I think that the hiring of Lincoln Riley is going to put guys over the top that were that were wavering on on where they stood with USC. And this is a guy Lincoln Riley coming out, especially to Southern California, the schools that that you're all over. 
his name gets brought up a lot. And, and you're talking about guys coming with him in Kane and in, in Dennis, Dennis Simmons and in guys like that, where USC has just loaded up with recruiters, with position coach recruiters. We saw it with the last staff come in a little bit. You, you had uh, Craig Nivar in there and Vic Soto, and, and they were doing a better job at bringing in position coaches who could recruit. I mean, at, at this point, it looks like everybody who lines up out there right now is going to be an, an A-plus recruiter uh, on this staff that Riley's put together, led by, led by Lincoln Riley, who is, if not yeah. the best recruiting head coach, one of, one of the guys that I'm sure you constantly hear about from, from kids. Yeah, you know, when, when I go around and I'm talking with kids in Southern California, it probably is more so other parts of the country where, where Oklahoma's hitting the recruiting trail a little bit harder than they do out here. Although they were hitting it pretty hard out here and USC was feeling that. But, uh, you know, it was just the, the guys that are recruiting. I mean, you, you're talking about like uh, um, the running backs coach from from Georgia Tech, Choice. You know, you were the one that kind of, I think, kind of enlightened me to what how good he was at recruiting. But, uh, you know, yeah. You know, you, you, you bring these coaches in and, and Lincoln Riley was one of those coaches that, you know, if I asked a kid who was recruiting them from Oklahoma, it was always Lincoln Riley was at least 1A or 1B, you know. So uh, like Mario Cristobal, his impact with these kids, he, 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 he's able to develop a relationship with these kids that not every head football coach is. Not, maybe not, you know, some coaches aren't, aren't able to and most coaches aren't willing to. Most coaches aren't willing to go. The, the coaches that are winning are, but most coaches aren't willing to go out and do what, what Lincoln Riley does and Mario Cristobal does. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, you, I, I always was impressed with Dan Mullen. I know I hear a lot of stuff about how awful he was at recruiting, but I always, every time I talk to kids, you know, I would hear feedback that he was somebody that would contact them two, three times a week. And, you know, when coaches are doing that, you know, it wasn't, that was not happening at USC with Clay Helton. So yeah. Lincoln Riley is going to be the best recruiter on the USC coaching staff. So let's look at Wednesday now, signing day, and it's going to be interesting. It's signing day is what it's called. It's the signing period, and you've got a few days. We won't hear from Lincoln Riley wrapping up the class until Friday, and so it won't be from him on Wednesday. USC kind of also in an interesting position. There's going to be kids that wait to announce, uh, you know, potentially some kids that wait to announce at All-Star Games. You still have the February signing period, USC probably heavy in the transfer portal. So we're not going to get a sense on Wednesday exactly of what the entire addition to the USC 2022 roster is. But we're going to go kind of position by position. I'll tee you up here as we go through it to maybe what what we can either look for on Wednesday or just kind of throughout this period as, as USC kind of goes through the recruiting process here. And we'll start at quarterback um, and, and kind of an interesting thing there where they had a commitment from Devin Brown for a while, the, the uh, quarterback from Arizona, went out to Utah, followed Jackson, in, in Jackson Dart's footsteps at Corner Canyon out there, uh, had a big season. What, what have you seen kind of at quarterback from USC in this class? You know, well, right right now, you know, the, we have a really good quarterback at USC and have a really good backup quarterback in Miller Moss with Keaton Slovis entering the transfer portal. Um, but you know, at quarterback right now, I think that uh, just – what I'm hearing, I don't think Devin Brown is, is going to be somebody that USC has a shot at getting any longer because of his relationship that he had. I think with Seth, Seth Dagey and, and, and Graham Harrell as well. And I think there was probably something going, you know, for all of the grief that, that Clay Helton has given, he did have some close relationships with some guys and, you know, was a positive influence on the recruiting uh, 
perspective. But um, quarterback, you know, I'm just like one of the crazy things I'm hearing, and it may not end up being that crazy, is Caleb Williams from, from Oklahoma. There's a lot of talk back there from the guys that I know that cover Oklahoma that it's like legit the talk that he could possibly enter the transfer portal. And, you know, ending up at USC, I guess we're guessing that's where he would end up if he did end up in the transfer portal. But, um, you know, he could end up at another school. But if you, if you look at the quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley has, has produced while he's been at Oklahoma, whether it was even as an assistant or as a head football coach, you know, it's hard to, to beat that track record. But other than that, as far as quarterbacks, I have not heard anything. You know, we know they have the class of 2023 set with Malachi Nelson. So and that was somebody I forgot to, to bring up as far as the immediate impact part, Malachi and Makai Lemon. So I'll, I'll go ahead and mention that here. But uh, yeah, quarterback, not hearing much more about that. But, you know, I think like you talked about, we're going to start hearing more after this signing day and then for the next six weeks going forward. And that's going to be a tough, I mean, you got Jackson Dart in the 2021 class, Malachi Nelson in the 23 class. Yeah. Fitting someone in between there is always kind of a challenge when you're recruiting that. But, you know, like we said, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, kind of able to bring in quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. So he's not a guy uh, who seems afraid to load up at that position and, and try to sort things out. So I, I yep. like you're saying, one of those positions to, to watch going forward there. Uh, we'll go to running back and, and it's such a small class right now for USC. It, it's not going to be a surprise when you don't have any, any guys, but they've got Rayleigh Brown who we're going to kind of throw in as a, a running back, a slot receiver, kind of just, throw him out as one of your 11 on offense and, and figure out sort of what to do with him. Uh, you mentioned him as, as kind of one of the big guys that jumped in early when Lincoln Riley's out there, but, but a couple other targets kind of for, for USC um, to go after here on Wednesday and then, and then potentially after that. Well, as far as, as running back goes, you know, we're, we're one of the, one of the guys, you know, for right now, it might be the only guy <laughs> other than Rayleigh Brown, who obviously can play running back. Uh, Javante Barnes. Uh, from Desert Pines High School in Las Vegas. This was a kid who was interested in USC. You know, I thought he, a year and a half ago, I, I thought he was going to end up at USC. So the interest in USC is, is strong with him. He's originally from Florida. So there was always an idea or thought in his head like that might be an option for him to go back that direction. But here again, you, you had Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, but also with DeMarco Murray, who is from Las Vegas himself. And, and it's turning out that the DeMarco Murray is one hell of a recruiter. So, you know, USC is after Javante Hard. They got him in for an official visit this past weekend. He had a great time. USC was feeling good about him. But I was told today Oklahoma's feeling good about him, too, and that right now Javante Barnes is, is truly undecided. That's I mean, that's going to be a fascinating one. I think, uh, again, like you said, you, you go back for a while. A while ago, uh, looked like USC, but there was a time where you had, you had three kind of elite, elite running backs in the West region. And, and that's Gavin Sachuk out in, out in Colorado yeah. and Ray Leak and Javante. And it looked like, <laughs> it looked like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma was going to end up with all three of those guys, which would just, I mean, would be unbelievable for that. Yeah. So goes back to what we mentioned earlier. Uh, Lincoln Riley can recruit on the offensive side of the ball. He, he can do some recruiting there. Uh, the, the one guy that I want to mention, you mentioned uh, Tashard Choice coming over from Georgia Tech. There's a big-time running back out of Georgia Tech, Jameer Gibbs, who Choice signed as one of the top 100 players in the country in his class, and a lot of schools wanted him. He's in the transfer portal. 
if there's a chance that choice can bring him, that's another guy that, that maybe gets added to the backfield. And yeah, he is a talent. He, he is an absolute talent. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I know this staff and Lincoln Riley especially thinks that they can really build an incredible roster here and a better roster at USC than he could have built at Oklahoma. It's one thing for an adult sort of with a family and, and having a job to come out to LA and make that move, pick up from the South and come on over here. It will be interesting to see if they can convince guys like, like Jameer Gibbs, like those guys from down there in the South to oh, yeah. do that when it means leaving, you know, Georgia and Alabama and coming over Texas and coming over Oklahoma. There's some schools. I mean, we've seen USC coaches do it and absolutely when this thing's rolling, you can do it. So that these, there will be, I think some interesting battles kind of early on. Uh, to see if this staff can kind of, I guess, plant their flag and, and make this kind of a, a destination spot. For, for me, um, Gibbs is, is maybe one of those guys. And, and I think if you saw what Keontae Ingram did in his, you know, coming over and, and making a quick impact, uh, yeah. that's a spot where you can pick it up and get going pretty quickly. Right. I mean, absolutely. And, and again, you, you, when you're talking about the offense that Lincoln Riley runs, you know, it's, Sometimes you talk about these offenses that are attractive for quarterbacks, some are attractive for running backs, you know, this receivers. Lincoln Riley's offense is legitimately a big time offense for all position players. So it will be interesting. And, and again, I think, it, you know, it's going to come down to the relationship part. And, you know, and, and Choice obviously had that relationship with Gibbs and, and Javon, and not Javante Barnes, and, and, you know, some other guys that actually were recruited by USC, like Brandon Campbell. Uh, you know, he didn't end up at Georgia Tech as going to USC was something that was going to happen from pretty much from start to finish with him, with Mike Jinks being at USC. But he did say that the that, that choice is one heck of a recruiter. So that goes back to you talking about this staff that's full of those guys. And then let's go to wide receiver. It's interesting. Boy, there have been some wide receivers in and out of this class kind of throughout the, the duration of it. But uh, at this point, and, and we're recording this uh, Monday evening, so the, the news kind of for us just breaking is, is C.J. Williams backing away from his Notre Dame pledge. That, that's been a guy that for USC has been in play, I think, for, for a little while. Yeah, C.J. Williams was one of those guys that, you know, I think he wanted to stay home and either go to USC or UCLA, but neither program was, was going to suit him as far as the perspective of getting adequate discipline and accountability with, with the players that he, his teammates. And, you know, I think we all were seeing that USC was a program that did not offer any, any strength as far as a foundation was concerned. And, you know, the stories that we were, were hearing about USC were, you know, sometimes made your head shake on what guys were getting away with. So that was why CJ Williams was, was looking at other programs. He was looking at Texas. He was looking at, Ohio State, he was looking at Alabama, and he settled on, on Notre Dame because I think Notre Dame kind of suited him from it was all business at Notre Dame. But in the end, Notre Dame was a little bit too far away from home. USC hired Lincoln Riley, and I think immediately, as soon as he announced that hiring from Lincoln, of, of Lincoln Riley, uh, I started getting text messages that, that CJ was, was ready to decommit already like two weeks ago. So his commitment tonight does not, I mean, he's not committed, but his decommitment tonight does not surprise us at all. And, and I think that you know, on signing day or, or whenever day he's going to announce. Not, see, I wasn't even aware that they were doing, that there were, there were going to be guys that were going to be announcing Wednesday all the way to Friday this year. And, you know, in, in hearing that, because Damon, did I hear correctly, Damani might be announcing on Friday? Yeah. So this could be an interesting end of the week, not just signing day. 
Um, so yeah, so CJ, and I, I just want to add this about CJ. Take away football, and CJ Williams is one of those guys that you just can't help but root for. It's just this kid is serious about school. He's serious about family. He's serious about his spirituality. And he's serious about, you know, being a great teammate. And, you know, if, if you start adding guys like that to USC, not just talented guys, but guys that are have that type of mindset, you know, things get turned around really, really quick. Wide receiver is an, interest, is an interesting spot. And I'm going to lump it in with, with kind of tight end, too, because Lincoln Riley has always used, and, and I mean since he got to Oklahoma, he did not use the tight end spot or the H-back spot before he got to Oklahoma. When he got there, Bob Stoops says, hey, we got these guys and we can get these guys. We, you need to figure out how to use tight ends, how to use H-backs, kind of these, these hybrid you know, tight end fullbacks. Uh, and, and yes, USC, my, USC fans might see kind of fullback-ish players again uh, in this offense going forward. That seems to be a spot where maybe he can go to the portal and, and look at maybe some more advanced players who could get on the field early because it doesn't feel like you're going to sign a high school kid who can go out and play that kind of physical position um, for that. But, but for me, I haven't seen, you know, specific names or, or anything like that to pop up, but, but feels like a position where down the road before spring ball, maybe there's some sure. more there. You know, there's going to be a lot going on. You know, we're, 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 we're kind of uber focused on signing day. But, I mean, there is a far bigger picture that we're going to be looking at between now and spring ball, like you talked about. And I think I think that's what's going to be extra exciting for USC fans is because not only do they have a football coach that they're excited about, you're going to start seeing players. I think USC is going to be you – know, I, I, this is like a no-brainer. But, you know, it's going to be, if not the, one of the most attractive spots in the country for, for transfers. Let's go up front, kind of where it matters offensive line and, and it's it's one of those things it, it kind of became habit to just sort of knock the USC offensive line oh you know they they need linemen they got to get better they got to get better they did get better this last year yeah. I, I think everyone kind of has to be pleased with the way it goes they're you know Joe Moore award goes out to the best offensive line unit in the country USC was not one of those we're not talking about a, a top five unit or anything like that but well you, you have to be impressed with the steps forward they took and, and you've got to give some credit credit to Clay McGuire, who's now up at Washington State. Uh, that's going to be a position that's fascinating and, and kind of some interesting names uh, so far for USC along the offensive line. Again, they, they tried, tried to go into Texas for quite a bit, and it, it feels like Sark is kind of just reaping the rewards of all this mm -hmm. movement and coaching changes and, and just kind of kind of landing everybody uh, down there. But, but how do you see kind of offensive line shaking out on – on Wednesday through this early signing period, and then we can kind of hit sort of down the road as well. Sure. Well, you know, I think I think signing day, you know, Keith Olsen obviously decommitted a, a few days ago. That was the one offensive line commit that USC had. They were going after several that, that, that they had a great shot at. There's still one that won't sign. We'll talk about him after that. Won't sign on this signing day. We'll sign in February. But, I mean, really, quite honestly, it's just it seems like the one offensive lineman that, that USC has a shot in, in bringing in is uh, a transfer from Virginia, Bobby Haskins. But, you know, after that, you know, I, I, I really don't know what to say. Uh, you know, there was a shot at Devon Campbell. There was a shot at um, uh, uh, Neto Umiozulu. And, you know, these are two guys you and I were talking about before we started recording this. Those two guys from Texas were actually probably going to be committed to USC by now. 
if things had, if Clay Helton was the head football coach and they had Clay McGuire as the offensive line coach. Now, obviously, you know, it's not worth keeping a coach to get a couple of offensive linemen, but I'm just trying to give some perspective on how serious their interest was in USC. Now, the problem, what USC is fighting right now is, you know, you have a great head coach, offensive coordinator, but now USC doesn't have an offensive line coach. Plus, the guy that developed the relationships with those guys from Texas was Vianney. So nobody knows what Vianney's future is, too. And Vianney has to be honest with these kids, saying, I don't know if I'm coming back. So that's kind of why USC is in a position right now to where they're probably very likely not going to get, you know, Umi Zulu or Campbell. But, you know, we can talk about Joshua Connerly here, and, and, and you can lead up to that here again. But, you know, there are some guys that will probably come into play towards February and in and, and, and the transfer portal as well. Yeah, Bobby Haskins, one of those guys uh, from Virginia experience, kind of at both tackles and, and a multi-year starter. Um, feels probably good at this point. Again, not, not in the 2022 class or, or necessarily a signing day uh, thing, but potentially for USC to add him. Uh, Penn State commit Andre Roy came out for an official visit. So USC still able to get interest from linemen and, and bring them out and, and recruit without a, a confirmed offensive line coach. Uh, let's go Josh Connerly for a little bit. Also Ernest Green. He, he was kind of the name locally. The, he, he's the one offensive lineman that USC has to get. Can you take us through a little bit kind of how that progressed? Uh, again, big time standout from St. John Bosco, a school that USC, you know, needs to do well at when they have uh, big time guys there. Yeah, you know, again, we're, we're talking about a guy who was, you know, really high on USC. You know, it was a local school. Ernest is so close with his family. So the thinking was that he was going to stay close to home, whether it was up and down, wherever up and down the West Coast, close to home, right? Now, when you get to Washington, that's three hours away. You might as well, you know, might as well look at Texas and, and schools like that. But, you know, USC was, was just, if, if, if you play for St. John Bosco, and you are an elite offensive lineman or some defensive lineman, linebackers, chances are you're not going to end up at USC playing for Clay Helton. You know, there was the, the lack of trust in, in their development skills at USC. And let's be honest, you know, Clay McGuire did a great job. And, and the whole development of offensive linemen at, at USC, I mean, we're, we're talking about how overrated could that potentially be? I mean, if you're good, you're going to go to the NFL, chances are. And the USC's had Austin Jackson, and they've had Elijah Vera Tucker. So it's not like USC can't, you know, develop offensive linemen. So I always find that argument to be garbage. But that doesn't change the fact that Ernest just ultimately did not trust where USC was going as a football program. So, you know, now they hire Lincoln Riley, and they, but they don't have an offensive line coach. So we're looking at that same situation. They're, they were trying to get Ernest on campus this past weekend for a visit, even if it was just for one day, just to let him get the vibe and the sense that things are really, really different USC. But they, they you know, they couldn't convince him to come. So, you know, I, I'm sure he's going to be signing on Wednesday. That was the original plan. But, you know, it, it will be interesting to see if that changes with some of these kids that had planned on signing on Wednesday and they don't. And so the thing it was all the way up until last week is that there was always a chance of earnest because of how close USC was to home. And Josh Connolly is a guy who's going to wait and, and take a little bit of time. So USC maybe yeah. does have an offensive line coach and, and can take a run at him. Yeah. And, and Connolly is, again, we're talking about the relationships that he has with some of the people at USC. I think that it's a little bit different with Joshua Connolly in that 
I think Los Angeles, where the Connollys have a lot of family, I think what USC offers after football, which was also a factor with Devon Campbell and Neto as well, but what USC offers after football um, was also important to him. But he has such a close relationship with Vianney, uh, Lenny Vandermade, and, and Clay McGuire. But there were also Gavin and Mondo, Armand Hawkins Jr., were also very, very vital in the recruitment of, of Joshua Connery, along with Marshall Sherrington. Am I saying, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. If it's Marshall Sherrington, Carrington? Sherrington. Help me out. Marshall, yeah, Marshall Sherrington. All right. So I, I was kind of saying it right. <laughs> Anyway, getting names right is always a big deal. So, um, you know, we, we were about ready to pronounce uh, Barquette's name, Barquet, because it was Louisiana <laughs> upbringing. But, yeah, Connolly's a guy that he, and, and he just he visited USC probably like six times. So, and, 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 and it was all on his own dime. He still, you know, he still has not taken his official visit. So that visit's going to happen in January. And, I, you know, I think that the fact that he really, really liked uh, – um, the Oklahoma program and Lincoln Riley previous to now will, will ultimately help USC with Joshua Connery. But as of right now, I would say it's going to be Michigan versus USC. You mentioned Earl Barquette. Let, let's go to the defensive line. And, and again, like I mentioned, we're, we're going here Monday night. So again, recent news for us is uh, the, the yeah. commitment TCU defensive lineman who was in the transfer portal took an official visit to USC over the weekend, and that's over. This is the second year now USC's kind of gone into the transfer portal to look for a still sort of young-ish, but with some experience, uh, defensive lineman. Clearly a spot where, where they want to add bodies and, and get some production out of pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, and really, if you're, if you're thinking about where USC is at with recruiting those kind of guys, he's pretty much going to be it right now. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's been slim pickings in Southern California for quite a while with those, you know, with those kind of guys, those big, you know, heavy, big body defensive tackles. Because USC right now has got guys that are playing defensive tackle that do not fit that category. You know, they're, they're basically just enlarged linebackers. So, you know, if, if I think ideally USC is going to want to go out and they're going to want to bring in some elite high school football players to those positions, ultimately. But I think between now and, and spring ball, uh, like you talked about again, this is a position where the transfer portal is going to be vital for USC. But the edge up front is, is a little bit different. They, they are maybe in it for some elite guys out there. And, and you're talking, you know, that that's kind of the, the code now, calling them edge defenders because there's so much of that sort of three, four hybrid where they're a defensive end, they're an outside linebacker. And, and USC's got a few of those guys on the radar, including no, number one overall prospect, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., who came out on an official visit from Florida. You mentioned him as kind of one of those names where when Lincoln Riley comes in, all of a sudden USC can be in it for some of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll start off when we talk about the edge. We'll talk about who's committed in, in, in Devin Tompkins from uh, Stockton, California. Um, you know, there were a lot of questions on whether or not he was going to ultimately end up a part of this class when guys started decommitting, it seemed like hourly um so i think i i think that you know he's a he's a six foot six foot six 220 pounds six foot five 220 pound kid with a huge frame very athletic so i i actually think that that's a very big pickup for usc no matter who was coaching and what his ranking in is kind of irrelevant but yeah marvin jones is is, is one of those guys to where you know if, you, if you're talking to people that i know that you know 
there are a lot of people that actually that I know that don't follow recruiting that closely. They follow it closely enough to know who guys are, but they're not on our site website. They have no interest in like spending all day on, on message boards, but we, but we're happy. Most of you are, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jones is one of those guys where, you know, you would think that, come on, they're not getting Marvin Jones, but I mean, the reality is, is that they're, they're they actually could get him and it wouldn't surprise us. Would be huge. The, the one guy that's closer and maybe more, not, certainly not going to call him a sure thing, but maybe more now in the mix for USC, Cyrus Moss, who, who again, we're about to talk about a few kids out of Bishop Gorman uh, in this class, potentially who could end up as Trojans. Yeah. You know, Cyrus Moss was, was a guy that USC had no shot on. We, we talked about that earlier and, and, you know, they, they got into it immediately when Lincoln Riley took a visit to, to the Moss's home in Las Vegas had the in-home visit, the, the talk went really, really well. And I, we should add this too, that, that when Lincoln Riley came to Zion Branch's house for the in-home visit, or it was scheduled, I think that there was conversation between Branch and, and Lincoln Riley or, or maybe Grinch about Moss. And so Zion actually hit up Cyrus and said, hey, they want to come over for an in-home visit. You cool? And he's like, sure. So if they ultimately end up getting Cyrus Moss and Zion Branch, y'all can thank Zion. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's Cyrus Moss is, is is a guy that would be another huge huge pickup. You know, the outside linebacker edge. We still don't really know how to categorize him, but um, you know, it's going to come down to the visit went really really well to USC. Um, he like, he left. I talked to him. I was talking to him face to face before he left for Miami. And he was loving what he saw at USC. And, I, and, and more importantly is his mom is ready to sign off on USC if that should be his choice. And I think if she had not been, it, it, the, all this, this conversation wouldn't be happening about the possibility of getting Cyrus Moss. But I think they, they, USC actually feels really good about him. And Oregon very involved at that point. And then Mario Cristobal going out to Miami. He gets kind of the, the final, final official visit. Yeah. Moss from USC out to Miami. So a couple of Arizona State kind of in the mix for him and all that. I, I remember Cyrus Moss seeing him as a freshman at a camp. And, and he was, I think, all of 6'4 as a freshman. Just, you know, yeah. all, all arms and legs lanky. And he's running with the safeties. Uh, and he, you know, it just stood out. Stood out as this, like, long, lanky guy who could run. And every year it feels like he got, you know, three yards closer to the line of scrimmage as, as he developed. So it goes from kind of safety to that outside linebacker and then yeah. hybrid and that defensive end. And so he's continuing to put on weight and, and you just love guys like that, where the trajectory is just still going up, you know, as, as talented as he is, as athletic as he is, feels like kind of getting better and better and better growing into that frame and, and could be, could be a really good one. Um, absolutely no doubt about it. like like i said we we all started off seeing him playing seven on seven you know he, he was i think was in coverage at, at safety and you know like he, he moved closer and closer to the line of scrimmage and uh you know he got bigger you know he got more comfortable playing football he is well coached at bishop gorman and so now you have a guy who's extremely versatile for for a defense that, that grinch has that will be bringing to usc because there will be times where those guys are. I know USC fans don't want to hear this, but there will be times where he will be dropping back in coverage. So it is good to start wrapping wrapping heads around. So if if they get to see the fullback, 
they also are going to see some outside, you know, some some rush ends drop back a little bit too. Uh, and then a, so someone that just picked up a, a USC offer out of the transfer portal is is Jared Versa, a defensive end, defensive lineman from Albany, who's looking to make that jump from FCS to Power Five. And one of the most kind of intriguing names in the portal has picked up a ton of momentum as a as you know having played in the FCS, they played a spring season they played a fall season so he's played a, a bunch of football this year uh and and was just incredible nine and a half sacks here in the fall and and just a guy that's kind of grown into his body and and you love you love the trans you you can't stand the transfer portal for some reasons but you love it for reasons like this where that guy he can he can prove himself there immediately make the jump play right away it, it makes it easy for him to do that and uh and usc jumps in it for him i don't probably not the last defensive lineman like we mentioned that that USC is going to going to jump in the mix for uh sure. out of the portal here yeah you know there are a lot of guys and we don't have a list of them but uh, December 15th 16th 17th whatever you know will not be the end of the recruiting process so yes you know I think develop there will be a lot of storylines that will develop between now and February but uh you know this this signing day alone, though, compared to where we thought this signing day was headed, you know, two, three weeks ago, it's quite remarkable, to be honest. It is sort of a fascinating thing. You, you all covering signing day is so much about signing day and who gets added there. And, and that's what leads, you know, every every show and every headline. But you always had to kind of keep in mind that's not the entire class. You want to look at the whole class. USC's is interesting because you've got sort of the, the small handful of kids coming into the day. You've got who they're going to add that day. And then you've got sort of the rest of it. That's this kind of question mark unknown. And so USC fans are kind of going to get, I don't know, multiple signing days, not, not just the two, but it, I think it's going to feel like quite a few as transfer portal guys come in and, and that sort of thing. Cause there's really no set day on, on when they have to make a decision. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see Wednesday for what it is. And then the rest of the additions um, as we go along, but Keep going along. So that is defensive line. Let, let's go back to linebacker. And again, there's, there's that kind of outside linebacker defensive end mix, but um, a few guys in the mix here, the local guy, again, the, the musket guy from kind of the beginning, David Bailey, another guy at modern day and another chance for USC to kind of come in and say, yeah, we're, we're going to own modern day in this class. We've seen USC do really well at modern day. We've seen them miss some guys at, at modern day. This is a chance for them to, again, get in there and, and grab kind of anybody that they want. And so I think Bailey is one of those statement guys for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, we've been talking about him as like that kind of that must get guy for, for well over a year. Right. Um, and, you know, USC is, is, is got Ray Lee Brown committed. CJ Williams, I think is going to end up at USC. And, you know, you're looking at modern day, Gosh, you get David Bailey to join the other Damani Jackson and the other two guys. Wow. I mean, I'm not quite sure there's been four players in one class that's come from, from any school that would be much better than, I mean, there were years ago when Pauly had, you know, that was a big recruiting class for Pete Carroll. Right. But, you know, this would be, this, this would kind of be a statement. Um, you know, we're, USC is, is finally got a program that is, is stable there's a lot of excitement surrounding it and the kids they they end up meeting Lincoln Riley they have a chance to visit USC you know to get excited about this football program they're excited about the coaches they have an opportunity to play for so you start getting those guys in and because of the stability 
that will lead to, and, and not wondering whether Clay Hilton's going to come back the next year, all that kind of stuff. People always were wondering, why does USC have fewer players sign on the first signing day than everyone else in the country? Well, I mean, you and I, Eric, we kind of knew the answer to that. But, you know, I think you're going to start seeing early commits again at USC. And there's a few of modern day, you know, maybe not in 2023, but there's certainly going to be some, some early guys, some guys in Southern California that, that will start committing early. I promise you it'll happen between now and the next signing day. You know, sticking at linebacker, some guys early – there, there's a guy late. Garrison Madden is a guy who picked up a, a late offer from USC. And this is clearly a case of these Oklahoma coaches having an eye on him and knowing, hey, we can go back and, and take a look there. So they offer and they bring him out on a trip. And, and he's a guy who, again, goes from very little attention to him to maybe joining yeah. a, a USC class that, that gets talked about all day on Zion Day. Yeah, I would say that the, the chances of, of, of getting Madden are, are pretty high. Um, you know, we spoke to him after his visit. You spoke to him before his visit. I spoke to him after the visit. And yeah, you could tell that uh, the, the two days he was at USC, not only left an impact on him, but his family. And, and, and I think you do need to make an impact on the family if you're trying to get a kid from Georgia to come out to Southern California. You just can't have the kid kind of like it. Oh, LA's cool. You know, it, it, we hear that all the time, right? It was a great visit. Of course, it was a great visit. You're in Los Angeles in the winter. <laughs> you know, when you're eating at really good restaurants, but um, but this kid's really actually really serious about football. He's really he's really serious about the education part, and you know I, I think that it's actually quite surprising to many that I talk to that his offers are what they are. That you know a school like Florida State can't become a player for him. So I think that you know this might be one of those guys that that people around the country. We'll be talking about saying, God, why was this guy not really recruited by that many schools? He, he, he really is. And you know more about him, I think, than I do, Eric. And, you know, you probably had a longer conversation with him than I did because he, he had to get on an airplane when I talked to him. But just talk about his speed and what he offers as an athlete, Eric. Yeah, big-time athlete. Um, he's a track guy. He didn't play football his freshman or sophomore year. So he did play before he got to high school. Once he got there, he didn't play, ran track and, and did that. And then just kind of kept doing track. And I – you love, you love football players that run track. I mean, there, there are so many coaches out there that are telling kids like, stop, stop playing football in February, March. Like don't, don't do it in the spring, run track, run track. Yeah. And, and he's a guy that did it. Um, I love when, when his first, when his name first popped up, went over to his, his uh, Twitter feed. The first post on there is a, a stuck video of him running track and he's running the fourth leg um and i i don't think i knew he was running the fourth leg so as the first three are going around i'm trying to pick him out and all of a sudden this <laughs> giant <laughs> grabs the baton uh on the fourth leg a good distance back um from from the the leader and chases him all the way down and, and i you know you love that going back to cj williams when you talked about him one of the first one of the things that pops out to me is he he started running the 400 uh and yeah. one of the videos i saw was him chasing someone down on the last lap of, of a relay in the 400. Uh, just the, kind of the, the tenacity to be able to do that, to dig deep, to, to have that kind of effort. And, and again, the competitiveness, the drive, all of that, to do that, you can learn a lot about guys not playing football and sure. how, they, how they will play football. And, and so again, if that's all you're getting from him, a phenomenal athlete who can run and looks like that physically as a high school senior, you're probably okay adding a, a guy like that uh, to the roster. 
Nobody ran, nobody ran the anchor like Austin Jackson, though. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, staying the linebacker, not not going with kind of a, a raw, you know, potential guy. A, a big time, you know, productive guy at Nevada is is Dan Henley, and he's a guy who got an offer out of the transfer portal. He's got a year. He was out at USC visiting um, uh, from Crenshaw, so knows Los Angeles. Not going to impress him with you know what LA has to offer, but a yeah. chance to play at USC and and for a lot of guys who went to high school at Crenshaw, that that could be a pretty tempting offer. Yeah, the local guys from Los Angeles, they know what USC offers, you know, and and I think guys guys like Henley would probably even look at USC if they hadn't hired Lincoln Riley. And be looking at LA an opportunity to finish his career at USC, maybe add another degree, whatever it might be. But you know, what's interesting is that you know I really I wasn't really that familiar with him, so I didn't know a lot about him. I you know I knew where he went to school, and I and I knew that he'd done great things in Nevada. But you start hearing from guys like CJ Pollard, and you know he's and CJ replied to me, he says, "Yeah, that's my guy." So this is a guy, you know, he is an LA guy, and I personally think you need guys like that on the USC football program, you know, uh, you got to have some of those guys that, that can educate the guys on what it's like to be LA. We're maybe take them where, where you need to eat in Los Angeles and stuff like that. I know that sounds trivial, but I think you need to have some LA coaches and I think you need to have some LA players. And I, and I think just based off what I've seen, I think you'd agree with this. I really think that be, being able to add him to the roster with that, that playing experience and, and, and you know, his, seniority for a lack of a better word you know i i think it'd be a great pickup for usc Media. it's another athlete like that's that is one of those things that's clear what lincoln riley's trying to do to this roster is up the athleticism the, the speed the physicality all of that just get guys who can who can run who can fly uh who are who are strong who are put together like that is something i think that when he looks at the roster he sees is is missing guys who can run people down because we you know we've watched USC that offensive players from other teams run away from USC defenders and USC offensive players oftentimes are, are getting run down by defenders there, there yeah. isn't that you know elite speed across the board on either side of the ball for USC there, there are some guys who can run but just that team speed just has not been there uh, over the last few years so you're seeing guys who are that kind of athlete, I think, that, that Lincoln Riley's going after. And just adding a couple of guys, you know, and, and you know, I'm sure you're going to lead into Elias Ricks, but, you know, you, you start talking about some of the guys that, that will add speed to the outside and, and at the corner position, maybe at, the, at, at safety. Um, it, was, it, was, it was almost shocking sometimes to watch some of these teams almost seemingly at will run wide on USC on like third and eight. You know, and it was like, God, really? You guys can't run down bad running? I mean, not that they're playing against bad running backs. Well, USC was playing against running backs that you know weren't known as speedsters, and they were just getting out wide and having no problem. So, yes, that's that's a key. You know, adding guys like like Henley, and, and if, if if they do add Elias Rex, oh my goodness, that immediately you start adding some some big time athletes to to the defense. Well, let's go to corner because the corner might be the spot that gets kind of the, the most attention over the next little bit. And that's because Damani Jackson, you know, number 10 overall prospect, five-star guy was in USC's class and, and made a huge statement by committing early to USC. Yeah. He backs out. It, it's Alabama USC now. 
that's a guy who, again, when, when you're talking about, you know, what, what does the coverage look like of USC's class when it's all put together? Maybe he's the photo for, for the story about uh, USC's class. Again, if, if things break uh, positively yes. for USC. I mean, he's, he was and would still be the face of the recruiting class if he ends up at USC. You know, he was a guy that Dante wanted to commit early, and he wanted to have a few guys and, and commit early and get out and help USC recruit. You know, it, but, you know, you need help from USC if you're going to do that as well. You know, you have to have a good football team in order to, to make that all work. And so, yeah, Damani is, is one of those guys, you know, he won the state championship in the 100 meters and, and you know, edged out Roderick Pleasant, who was also very, very high on USC Classic 2023 athlete from, from Sarah High School in Gardena. Um, and so Damani, you know, again, he, he watched the football team just kind of collapse like we all did. And he's just kind of like, you know, he, and he, I just want to say this, he loves USC. This is a guy who really, really wanted to go to USC, stay in Los Angeles, be close to his family. I think his family wanted him to go to USC. It was just a perfect scenario for them on how things were working out until the season happened. So they took a visit to Alabama and, you know, it was kind of like, wow, what a contrast. So, he, you know, he's decommitted a couple of days after his visit to, to Alabama, but he also had Michigan in there. He, you know, I think that was kind of a dream school for him uh, growing up. But, you know, I think with the, the way things have, have played out for USC and the staff that they have hired, and the direction the program is, at least in these kids' minds, going, I think I think USC is going to end up with Damani. And then the rest of the quarterbacks. So Fabian Ross is is a another defensive player at Bishop Gorman. He's been committed, you know, for the for the whole time. Eli Ricks, you mentioned uh, what he did at LSU as a true freshman, and now looking around at USC in the mix uh, for him. And then Jaleel Florence, a, a quarterback yeah. from San Diego, who decommitted. Uh, from Oregon, although it, it feels like the Dan Lanning hired Oregon maybe writes the ship for, for some of those defensive guys, if they can, if he can say, look what we're doing at Georgia. And, and so maybe some of those guys yeah. jump back in, but, but your overall sense of kind of how this plays out at a corner for USC. Yeah. You know, we've, well, I'll, I'll, st- I'll just kind of play off of Jaleel Florence. And then and, and you're talking about that with, with the hire of Dan Lanning. And it, this wasn't Jaleel Florence that had told me this, but it was another elite prospect that, that, that Oregon was probably going to get. And he was just kind of like, you know, he felt like Oregon had to make a hire almost like Lincoln Riley in order to keep that recruiting class together at Oregon. And, and I mean, quite frankly, I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, but, you know, the more you look at it, that, that probably was the case in order to, to, to at least keep some of their much higher profile guys. We've already seen decommit, right, Eric? I mean, they, they decommitted like USC's decommitted, you know, for yeah, different reasons. Every, everybody bailed out. Yeah, I mean, right. it felt like they couldn't wait to, to get their edit made so that they could get that out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think the way it's going to play out, I'm not sure. You know, I know USC felt good about Jaleel Florence after he left on his official visit this weekend. Um, you know, Fabian Ross is, is, you know, that's a, is firmly committed. You know, I always felt like I always went to Bishop Gorman and, you know, I would sit there, I would talk to Zion, Zacharias, Cyrus, and Jake Taylor and all these guys. And then I get to, to Fabian. I'm like, all right, Fabian, for the fifth time, why are you solidly committed to USC? I mean, this kid literally would have gone to USC if I was coaching, you know, and how, God, how can you not love that? You know, kid commits to the school. That's where I want to go, and there's just no wavering at all. But USC didn't take it for granted either. Dante kept on him like he wasn't committed. 
injured. So, you know, we've got to give Dante some credit for, for setting that one up. And am I, who am I missing at quarterback now? I, I go on, on these, these rants about – I mean, that, I, I think Eli Ricks, Eli, Elias Ricks well, would be the, the name that USC fans kind of what what's going on with him. And, and does SC have a shot? Yeah. You know, that, that is a guy, another guy, he, he wanted to go to USC. He was silent, you know, silent commits don't mean a whole lot, but he was one of those guys that was silently committed to USC for, for like forever. His mom is a USC alum, you know, from Riverside. He spent a lot of time at USC. That's where he always wanted to go to school. But, you know, now he, he went to LSU. Two years later, you know, he's going to be in the NFL next year. I mean, 2023 anyway. Um, does he want to win a championship or does he want to come home, play at USC for a program that is, is rebuilding? You know, you start adding guys like, like Elias. And I asked Elias, can I still call you Elias? And, and you know, you start adding guys like that. And the program gets turn, turned around a lot faster than – you would think it, you know, possible, but at the same time, God, USC is not going to win a championship, but you know, national championships in 2022. You know, I don't care who they bring in, um, and I've not watched them do it, but um, <laughs> but I, I I really think USC is in a really good spot with Elias right now. You know, I you read some stuff that Ohio State doesn't have any room for him, and Alabama wants this guy instead, Earl Little, and whoever. You know, that that might all be, but my goodness. You know, Elias Ricks is somebody you take over anyone, in my opinion. Um, and he's only going to be there for one year. So it's not like the other guys you would bring in your recruiting class are going to be that worried about it. But I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Elias plays out. We may not have as much as, as we want to have on, on the chances for USC with him. But tomorrow we probably will. And then we'll go back to safety. And, and safety has been one of those things where, again, we're, we're going to go back to Bishop Dorman. Zion Branch is a guy that we've heard his name forever. It felt like, again, USC was way out in front, and then all of a sudden they weren't. And now Lincoln Riley comes in. I mean, it's it's the same ride for him as a lot of other guys. And so now when he makes his decision on Wednesday, he's got a, a final three, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and USC. Zion, Zion Branch is one of those, those classic examples of when we say, Watch what they do, not you know, not not listen to what they say. Now with Zion, you probably could have watched and listened and, and had it all kind of come together on on where things were going. But yeah, you know, here was a guy who has a family in Las Vegas. They're from Los Angeles. Zion, you know, would have preferred going to USC all along. He he and his family. I don't know how many times they traveled out to Los Angeles as a family. Because Zachariah Branch, his brother, you know, elite four-star wide receiver brother um, from Gorman. You know, they must come out to USC just in the last two months, five times, you know, three months anyway, maybe just before the season started. Um, and he took his second official visit this last weekend. And I think what benefited USC greatly with the Lincoln Riley hire, other than his reputation and his resume, was that both Zion and Zachariah and the family had a relationship with Lincoln Riley and, and Grinch. They, you know, they had, they had been recruited by Oklahoma. I think the reason why Oklahoma wasn't higher on, on Zion's list was that I think just living in Oklahoma might, might've been something that was going to be a little bit hard to, to, to get past. So here we were left with, with Ohio state was looking like they were running away with it. We were hearing rumors every day. He's ready to commit. He's ready to commit. And his dad kept telling me, no, 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 he's not. But, you know, even today we were reading that he was almost ready to commit to Ohio State two weeks ago. 
I don't believe that was the case, but you know, I, it's not like you and I can know everything, but I strongly believe that, that that was not the case. He was waiting to see who the head football coach was going to be. And also hoping that Dante was going to be back as well. So I think that USC, I, I made a prediction for, for Zion branch and USC. And so I, you know, I personally think that that's where he's going to end up signing on Wednesday. Yeah. So let that, that's kind of the, the offense defense. Look, let's go. I, I want to kind of maybe put you on spot on the spot a little bit when Lincoln Riley on Friday is discussing this class, what USC was able to do during this early signing period, not necessarily what is he saying, but, but what do you see? How do you see this playing out? What are kind of the, the main points uh, of this USC class when all is said and done? Well, you know, it's, it's, he, he probably isn't going to be able to say all he wants to say. You know, he's a guy that, you know, you need to load up in the trenches and they clearly aren't going to do that on, on signing day. So I think I think he might even tell us that that is the plan going forward. Again, just kind of remind us that, OK, I get it. We didn't bring in the offensive linemen that the USC fans would have hoped for. But maybe I'll even announce they finally have an offensive line coach. But I like your theory on the offensive line coach. You, you think that the, the future offensive line coach at USC is probably going to be coaching in the playoffs or in a high, high profile bowl game. And I, yeah, I just don't know. I, what strikes me about Lincoln Riley so far is that he is not caught off guard or has no plan. Like it, it's clear that he's got a coaching Rolodex and he can reach out and, and he can bring yeah. in some guys, uh, some, some big time guys. And, and so I just, I, at this point, I have to assume that he's not sitting there going, oh, my gosh, I got <laughs> to figure out who, who I want as an offensive line coach. I, right. I assume he's got some some targets or a target uh, that, that he feels good about. I, I have to agree with you. I, you know, I hadn't even put thought into that level of the word, but obviously the coach is coaching somewhere still. Um, and there are no games, right, for, for at least another couple of weeks. Well, maybe we're already at December 15th coming up here so the bowl games will start but like the bowl games we were talking about the new years and, and later in december you saw a couple more weeks until we may know who the offensive line coach is but um I, you know i think that lincoln you know you, you end up getting a guy like marvin jones for example you know if, if you can start saying we got him we got zion branch we got domani we you know lincoln is going to be able to say look these are the guys the type of players that we need to go get we just didn't have enough time to maybe get as many as we wanted. Yeah. And, and like we both said, this is sort of the start. I, I wrote a story this week that this is kind of the first big step that he can take to build that roster. He wants to take this off season. It, it's just kind of the beginning um, of this off season for USC and what Lincoln Riley is going to be able to do uh, with the 2022 class. And then also with transfer portal additions too. And then you hinted at it the 2023 class. I mean, again, I, I don't want to look too far. We're still, we still have 2022 uh, signing day here, but uh, going to be really fascinating to watch everything that Lincoln Riley does uh, in terms of recruiting for USC. So that, that's our look uh, at the early signing period for the 2022 class and a little bit extra in there too, some transfer portal stuff and, and looking forward to, but uh, for Scott Trader, this is Eric McKinney. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We are SC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.